Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Uh, we've spoken uh, quite a bit recently about various consultations taking place around the UK, all around uh, welfare benefits or help back to work for people with disabilities. In fact, the Scottish Government has just completed its consultation on the 15% of benefits which will be devolved to the Scottish Parliament. Those will include DLA and or PIP. Uh, however, Westminster is currently looking at the system and, as we said, things like work capability and the amounts of benefits paid to those on disability benefits. Now, we have with us Ian McRae from Disability Now. Now, uh, consultations, we, we hear this all the time. There's been huge amounts of changes to uh, welfare payments to people with disabilities, all sorts said about assistance and help back to work. But there still seems to be problems, still seems to be money being cut. Um, are you expecting anything interesting to come out of this recent Westminster consultation? The, the government, uh, which is being run by Theresa May, and with Damien Green at the De- Department for Work and Pensions as the new Secretary of State, there does seem to have been a change of emphasis in certain areas. So the scrounger rhetoric that we heard a lot under the Cameron Osborne regime that does seem to have gone away. You know, there was all that talk about general working people being seen as strivers and disabled people being seen as scroungers and sitting at home with our flat-screen tellies and, you know, the curtains closed kind of thing. And that seems to have gone away. Green is said to be on the left of the Conservative Party, um, and that may uh, be encouragement of some sort. But if we look at the form presently, the emphasis of the government appears to still be on two things in particular. One of them is getting the, the, the Social Security bill down, the benefits bill down, And you can see evidence of that from yesterday's announcement of the reduction of the um, benefit cap so that no family will be able uh, in England to receive more than £20,000 a year in benefits, £23,000 if you live in London. So the emphasis is still very much on getting the welfare social security bill down. The second thing to say is that um, there is still this great emphasis on the idea of getting disabled people back to work. And I think nobody's very sure how that's going to continue to operate. But, you know, the argument that that many people make is that there there are disabled people who, because of the nature of impairment or condition, uh, are are simply unable to work. And I think, you know, there is concern about what's going to happen to them, whether they will continue to be hounded, as it were, or hassled into taking ongoing assessments. Now, they have announced that those assessments will disappear for people with unchanging conditions uh, or chronic conditions uh, so that they won't have to keep going through the assessments for employment and support allowance. So that in itself is good news. But, of course, the other thing about the whole notion of getting disabled people into work as a driver for, for driving down Social Security funding is that it doesn't tackle, uh, you know, the main thing which prevents disabled people getting into work, which is the the prejudice and barriers that we face trying to find work. Um, you know, we, employers who might be reluctant uh, or who might have ideas about our inability or incapability to, to do particular jobs based on nothing more than their prejudice. The other kind of part of that is to do with access to work, which is the money that the government has, which uh, is available to disabled people to buy support and equipment um, in order to, to, to support them at work. And that is still really underutilised, is still really badly organised 
organised and inefficiently operated. Um, I went through it earlier this year, and it, you know, it, it's you never feel kind of comfortable that mine was quite a simple thing. It was for a, a relatively expensive piece of braille equipment, and you'd think that would be straightforward and would just sail through. But oh no, it you know it kind of it was it was it was quite a, a hassle to, to sort it out. Mm. So I think that's where we feel things are at at the moment. We understand that they are looking to cut the bill and we are pleased that perhaps there's a bigger drive to helping more people into employment. Those that, as you're saying, can work, not those who whose disability or long-term condition prevents them from working. But as you say, there is that barrier around the employers themselves. Would they take on someone with a disability, even if they knew about access to work and the financial support available there? Because there still appears to be that stigma and it's something we come across all the time when we look at drives to get um, people back into work again. It's those attitudes that have to, to, to change or even something as simple as the websites that advertise the jobs being accessible as well or, or getting that support from the professionals to, to find work in the first place. Exactly. You know, where do you, where do you go looking um, for work? Uh, can, can you access the, the information online? Um, have people even thought about the accessibility of, of their uh, jobs pages online and that kind of thing. And that's before you then hit, you know, the barrier of somebody saying, well, how, how, the, how the heck could a blind person, you know, do this job? And they, they, they come to the conclusion, well, they couldn't, so therefore we're not going to even bother, you know, interviewing them. And I think that, that applies right across the disability spectrum. For example, they will assume that as disabled people, because, because often disability and sickness, in, particularly in terms of Social Security, are lumped together, people will make the assumption that disabled people are per se sick. Now, my general state of health uh, has absolutely nothing to do with the nature of my impairment, unless I happen to not see a hole and fall down it and break my neck. You know what I mean? Then, <laughs> then it's affected by my impairment. But in general, my state of health is not affected by my impairment, and I am not. Uh, a sickly person, and um, not that I'm disparaging people who are, do you know what I mean? But they, they tend to assume that disabled people are going to be more sick. They tend to assume our energy levels will be lower than other people's, uh, that we perhaps aren't as driven as, as other people, and all those sorts of things that, that just get in the way of them employing more disabled people. You know, access to work themselves without a statistic, and I've been, I've been at this game a long time, and there isn't much that shocks me. But access to work put out this statistic and it said 5% of all disabled people, 5% are working. That's that's a tiny, tiny figure. Absolutely. It is, it is a tiny figure. I'd say you know, more needs to be done for this. And just picking up on one of your points there about employers' understanding of conditions, you know, we, we, we had examples of someone looking for a job with MS. So one day they could be fit or they could be quite healthy for weeks, for months, and they could have some downtime as well where the condition you know, deteriorates slightly, but it's up and down and employers don't seem to want to accept that kind of um, disparity in their ability to work full-time. And if you think it's difficult for those of us with physical impairments or conditions, imagine what kind of prejudice people with mental health conditions, which, which again, equally, you know, if someone has, has uh, bipolar, the, you know, their, their mood might vary from week to week, day to day even, you know, and, and their ability to function is, is going to be more impaired at some times than others. But, you know, your general employer is going to say, well, hang on, what do you mean you've got schizophrenia? 
does that mean you're going to come into the building and start stabbing people? The vast majority of headlines that you see about schizophrenia are to do with um, often uh, young, often black men who have gone out you know, and stabbed somebody out of the blue. There are thousands of people living with schizophrenia on a daily basis you know, who, who by and large just get on with their lives. It sounds as if this consultation really requires a, a many-pronged um, approach then from those people who can feed back to this because if we take the, the three main points which I would take from this, Ian, is that uh, it, it's the, the benefits or the, the payments, I don't like using the word benefits, but the payments that are there to help support people while they, they find work um, or for those who cannot work. The, the attitude change by employers encouraging that, but it's also about, as you pointed out yourself, access to work you know not a lot of people employers know about it there's a lot of financial help there for support and work with equipment with support workers with travel to work but that difficulty which i know many people with disabilities and employment face is why do i have to go through a 15-minute conversation in a huge form just to say i need a braille machine because i'm blind that should be you know a, a given really so to me that there's quite a few things which really have to be looked at here if you think getting a braille machine is difficult just try getting, you know, daily support worker. As an example of a piano tuner who needs a, a driver and, you know, access to work quibble about whether the guy is working when he's sitting in the car waiting for the piano tuner to finish tuning the piano. It's just a nightmare for people. It's such a bureaucratic, bureaucratic nightmare. And if the government is serious about making inroads into getting disabled people into work, then that's the sort of areas that they ought to be looking at. It's something we'll continue to follow here, uh, this consultation here on RNIB Connect Radio. Just finally, though, if people would like to find more, uh, find out more about disability now, how can they go about doing that? OK, we have a website, www.disabilitynow.org.uk. There are fine podcasts up there as well as uh, some really good, strong written content as well. most recent podcast is up there. Uh, which looks at the attitudes of non-disabled people to working with disabled colleagues. And uh, the news is not good. Disabilitynow.org.uk Ian McGrath, thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.